Hey hustlers, welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola. Hey hustlers, welcome to another episode of the Hustle Show. My name is Christian and I am going to be your host today. And, you know, we're going to have another amazing, real, no filter conversation with another successful story today. You know, I'm very thrilled and excited to bring Jared Kleiner on this episode and share, you know, share his story, share the struggles that he went through. And just to, for you to know a little better about Jared, you know, he's an entrepreneur. He's a TED and keynote speaker. He's an award winning author who's being named USA Today's Most Connected Millennial, which I'm really eager to hear more about. And, you know, he's, he spent many, many years identifying and connecting hundreds of the world's smartest and most talented millennials. Um, his first book, Two Billion Under 20, was voted the number one entrepreneurship book of 2015. And he's become a go-to marketing and business development consultant for huge corporations, you know, including startups, Fortune 500 companies, New York Times bestselling authors. And, you know, this guy is just tremendous doing great things out there. So I am super thrilled and excited to start digging with his story. And remember that all the show notes for today's episode will be available at thehustleshell.co slash THS40, along with the free book club and all the, the continually stuff that we provide for you as well. So, uh, you know, without further ado, let's jump in the call with Jared. Welcome, Jared. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, we are thrilled to have you here, man. You know, you're, you've, you've done so many great things out there and you continue to do so. And I really wanted to have you in the show because I think you have one of those hustling, fascinating stories that we love to hear. Um, so, you know, guide us a little bit. How did you become or, or what's the story with your entrepreneurship career? How did you start it with that? So it starts with three different gentlemen that walked into my life when I was, you know, at a even younger age than I am right now. I just turned 22 and uh, you're catching me on a a rare bearded day. As I was telling you before we got on the call, Um, normally I'm clean shaven, but uh, when I was 15, I started my first business and I made every single business mistake you can think of. Uh, And so this is where the first of the two, out of three gentlemen come into play that I was telling you about. Um, My biggest mistake that I made was poor mentor selection. And so above not having enough capital, above not knowing my competition, above uh, all the other mistakes that I made with this first company, having a really poor negative mentor was the first mistake I made. Uh, And I was actually learning for about, for about six months from a guy who I eventually found out had served time in prison for a securities fraud on Wall Street. Uh, like, if you, wow. have you ever seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah, great movie. So very, very similar uh, type of crime, very similar type of lifestyle before the crime uh, had been you know, caught or, or sort of proven guilty. And I didn't know that this guy had had this sort of background. Uh, instead, I went and basically hung out with him every single day for about six months and was sort of using his input to drive how I was growing my business. And when I found that out, you know, I, I realized that if I wanted to be an entrepreneur long term, if I wanted to be successful in business, I needed to surround myself with a lot uh, higher integrity 
you know, a lot more higher integrity folks. Uh, and I also realized that I needed to surround myself with people who had real subject matter expertise because as I started looking back at all the advice I'd gotten from this guy, it wasn't pretty good. You know, I was building like an ed tech startup. Uh, and the only reason I mentioned that is this guy had you know, no educational experience. Uh, he had no startup experience. The sort of coding platform that he told me to build off of was outdated by a decade, if not two. Uh, and I didn't know any better. So I, I just sort of was listening because I thought he had my best interests in heart. And he actually was helping me out this whole time because he wanted equity in my startup. And uh, wasn't transparent about that, wasn't clear about it. And to be honest, like it wasn't even a thing. Like it, we hadn't even launched yet. We hadn't shown any signs of success. So to have someone who is sort of willingly guiding you in a direction for their personal gain, who has a pretty shady background, just wasn't the situation I wanted to be in at 15 turning 16 by the time we broke off our, our relationship. Um, the one positive that came out of that experience, other than knowing what I didn't want to surround myself with, uh, as far as building my network over time, was he introduced me to the Napoleon Hill and a lot of his work. And so that was sort of the second gentleman out of the three that came into my life, even though Napoleon Hill has been dead for <laughs> quite a few years. Um, but I read uh, a book called Three Feet from Gold, which is actually from uh, this guy, Greg Reed, who I ended up you know, meeting later and speaking at Greg's conferences. Um, Greg's an amazing guy. But uh, in Three Feet from Gold, it's, it's based off of the Napoleon Hill series. And so naturally, I started listening to other things from Napoleon Hill uh, and got my hands on a, a book called The Law of Success, which was a precursor to Think and Grow Rich. And so that book really helped me build some of the foundational elements of how to be a, a more positive and a more successful entrepreneur. Uh, some of the big takeaways from that book were doing more work than paid for and, and sort of providing value up front. So one of the big takeaways from that book was uh, doing more work than paid for and providing value up front. And this came into play uh, really throughout the rest of my career thus far and will continue to play out. And we can talk about that later from a networking standpoint. Uh, but what I ended up using with that lesson was uh, I, I read about another gentleman in, in Forbes, who's this third gentleman that comes into play. Uh, and he was called the most connected man you don't know in Silicon Valley by Forbes. And so I, I really wanted to make this guy's acquaintance. Uh, and so to do that, I needed to provide value up front. I needed to do more work than paid for. And so I sent uh, David, who's the, the guy in Forbes, sent him a cold email, uh, basically offering to work unpaid in exchange for his mentorship. And I ended up spending over a year working at his company unpaid before I ever got on payroll uh, and spent two years total at his company. And that was sort of the time from 16 to 18 years old that a lot of things happened. You know, I, I really truly built to the beginnings of a world-class network because David introduced me to a lot of his uh, investors and his uh, counterparts in the tech world. Uh, I sort of learned a lot about how to become a proficient networker and connector and you know super connector from david a lot a lot just by watching how he interacts with people not even by the things he told me um i got my hands on everything in a very successful uh early stage startup 
which was really valuable. You know, so actually like learning on the job and getting to tinker with an already successful company. Uh, and so in the two years that I was there between being an unpaid intern uh, to eventually leaving the company after having built their outbound sales team and sort of the early uh, sales system that they still use, uh, I really got to touch everything that wasn't technical. And I'm not, I'm not technical, I can't code or anything like that, but I touched everything else, you know, all the marketing, all the customer development, customer success, et cetera. Uh, so that was also the same time I was considering uh, higher education and what I was going to do with that, uh, which I ended up taking uh, two gap years back to back and then never going to college. Uh, and so you know, really, if it weren't for those three guys, you know, two dead or, or two, two alive, one dead, uh, two that actually didn't have the best integrity. You know, surprisingly, Napoleon Hill doesn't have the best track record, but a lot of his work is incredible. Uh, and then this first mentor was not the highest integrity person, but you know, they, they both led me to, to David. And that was sort of the, the mentor that I had that really showed me like, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, what it takes to be a connector of people, how to be an entrepreneur and live a great lifestyle, you know, one that is respectful of, of personal relationships and uh, having fun and not sort of letting all these valuable years go by. Um, yeah, man, I owe a lot to, to David. That's awesome, man. So you, you were working there for a few years, uh, you know, basically in exchange for mentorship and basically like an intern, uh, you know, where you were like a sponge trying to absorb everything. How did you transition from that into going back to entrepreneurship? Did you go out and started an, another company or did you just continue the one that you had? So I actually started a second company when I was 16 uh, that ultimately failed as well. And so what I was doing when I had this, this internship turned job, I ended up becoming like an early team member of this startup, uh, is I was building my own thing on the side the entire time. Uh, and so at 16, tried the new startup. Um, I worked on that from 16 to 17 and got a little bit more progress. Um, but again, didn't really have any major success with that company. Um, but what working for David and building on the side allowed me to do was to get in touch with the, uh, the Teal Foundation and sort of what they were doing. Uh, and so for everyone you know, listening who doesn't necessarily know what I'm talking about, um, Peter Thiel from PayPal fame started this foundation. And part of the foundation is a fellowship where he gives 20 kids uh, under 20, about a hundred grand to drop out of school and build crazy science things or start a new company. Uh, and now it's become age agnostic. It's sort of just anyone in their twenties, not necessarily have to be under 20. Um, but I was, I, I caught wind of this program right as it was beginning. And it was sort of the first beacon signal to young entrepreneurs that it was one okay to you know do things at a young age that had you know potential global impact or could really you know be a career for you even if you don't go to college uh and two it was a a, a community it was really a connector of young entrepreneurs from around the world because when i was uh 15 i didn't know there was other young entrepreneurs out there i was growing up in south florida and you know was sort of isolated from the hubs like new york or san francisco that uh, were where maybe a lot of these kids were hanging out. And even then they didn't know each other in, in these hubs unless they were lucky enough to be in some very like, you know, niche areas. Um, but the Teal Fellowship brought everyone together and it was through, you know, building my own things on the side and sort of doing that, that side hustle, if you will, that I even knew about uh, this program. 
And so while the company that I was starting at, at 16 through 17 ultimately failed, you know, the next project that I was doing on the side while working at this, uh, at David's company was the one that took off. And that was 2 billion under 20, uh, which was my first book. And that book started because I wanted to capture some of the stories of people that I was meeting through the Teal Fellowship and that network uh, and sort of amplify that to a bigger audience because I thought it was amazing that all these young entrepreneurs were meeting and, and sharing ideas and resources. Uh, and so I wanted to get that out into the world a little bit more. And the book was uh, one way to do that that no one else was really doing. And, and so by being a part of the Teal Fellowship Program, by having these side hustles, you know, I was really able to give myself options in my career and options in how I build my network. And so there's a lot of takeaways, I guess, we can pull from, you know, the last few minutes. But, you know, to me, like if I were starting over, you know, I would be thinking about how many different options I can build for myself. You know, so if you have a job, how can you start a company on the side that gives you, you know, more options in case you get laid off or in case you want to you know, change your lifestyle and have the income to back that up. Or if you just want to have a career change, um, or if you just want to pick up some new skills and, and get better at your main job, you know, there's a reason why all these different side hustles are, are interesting and helpful. Uh, if you treat them as, as sort of tools and additional learning resources, um, you know, there's, there's that. There's also the fact that it's, it's easy to connect the dots looking back as to why all these things happened. And it made perfect sense that I like go, went to work for David and then, you know, his startup was like an employee engagement and culture management startup. And now I speak to a lot of major companies about uh, sort of in, uh, best retaining and engaging their millennial talent. Uh, and it makes sense that uh, with my consulting firm, like Keith Ferrazzi was my first ever client who sort of wrote the book on professional relationship building. Uh, you know, it's easy to connect the dots looking back, but uh, those are some of the formative moments, which was uh, having a pretty negative experience, wanting the complete opposite of that in a positive way, uh, and then sort of figuring out how I was going to get those positive experiences through, uh, you know, through providing value up front to people. Um, they're just doing a good job through continuing to explore other options and sort of cobbling together my own education, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. That's a great story. And, you know, I'm eager to hear a little more about when you started the 2 billion under 20 uh, you know, you, you were trying to figure out things. You saw the success much rapidly than before on previous projects. But how were those first six months when you were trying to make things happen with the, with the book, with the community, with everything that you were going through? What was going through your mind? So I approached it a little differently than I did the other two projects. Um, part of why the first two projects weren't successful is because I sort of was building and building and building and never showed anyone what I was doing. I never got customer feedback. Uh, you try to get some beta users, try to get some early partners um, or anything like that. I sort of was building alone and I didn't show anyone for months what I was doing. So by the time I had shown the public or at least some beta users what I was doing, I had already poured tens of thousands of dollars into those like, you know, months and months of time and had no idea if I was right or wrong. So with 2 billion under 20, how that book and, and really this entire series got started was through one Facebook post in the Teal Fellowship uh, Facebook community. And so I said, hey, everyone, like, here's this idea for the book. Here's why I think it's important. And 
you know, here's how I think we can get started. You know, send me your, your three to five page anecdotes if you want to be involved. You know, I, I'm curious about potential partners from like a, an editor, you know, editing volunteers to like a co-author, things like that. And so I made one post, right? And what was the worst thing that could happen? Like no right. one liked it and my ego was bruised. I mean, <laughs> you know, but the best thing that could happen, which did happen. And so within half an hour of posting on Facebook, we had 50 likes on the thread, 60 comments, uh, two or three people sent me an email offering to sort of co-author the book with me. Uh, and it just caught on like wildfire. Uh, and so that, that wasn't the end of the story, you know, as far as the, the first 30 to 60 days goes. Um, I actually had one co-author that started doing work with me. And then uh, she's an amazing person, but she actually uh, sort of overstepped her commitments and took on too much. And so she had to leave the project as a co-author. She ended up being a contributor anyways. Uh, but then I picked up another co-author. Um, and that, that sort of sequence is something that most people don't know about. But uh, it's sort of my second attempt at having a co-author, co-founder uh, was amazing. And so I, I worked with this uh, woman, Stacy Ferreira, who uh, you know, she became the eventual co-author of 2 Billion Under 20 with me. Uh, and we just started you know, running. We were collecting stories for the book because uh, both books in the series bring together stories from 75 world-class young people. Uh, 2 Billion Under 20 was people 20 and under at time of writing. Uh, and there was sort of Olympians and entrepreneurs and singers and actors and scientists and nonprofit founders, a uh, kid who built a nuclear reactor in his garage when he was 17, like, like you do. Uh, and so, you know, the, the process after, you know, sort of figuring out who was going to be a, a co-author, um, getting some initial traction on the project. And both of those things are two things that I hadn't done for my first two companies. Uh, and so, you know, I'm glad I, I tested those, things out, um, that led to, to pretty smooth sailing for the book as far as you know, what we did. And we, uh, we ended up getting a, a traditional publisher. Um, the book came out when I was 19 and in, in 2015, uh, and it, it did really well. Uh, I'm very proud of that book, but you know, there's, this could be a whole other interview, but there was a lot of things that I learned sort of, again, looking back on the whole process. Um, I think we could have picked a much better literary agent. And for anyone who's getting into the, the book world, like that is a major, major decision that you have to think about. Uh, sort of like if you're an athlete, you know, the, the agent you pick is going to help you uh, negotiate the best contracts and the, get on the best team possible. It's the same thing in the literary world. Uh, and so we picked a, a very nice person to help us, uh, but she didn't, she hadn't represented any New York times bestselling authors in the past. Um, she was sort of like a good double A baseball player agent, <laughs> whereas, you know, we were swinging for the major leagues and so we needed a better agent. And so uh, if I were going to traditionally publish a book again, and as I've advised like a lot of my clients, um, that decision is crucial. Um, and then just how we interacted with our editors at, at the publishing house was uh, something I would probably fix or, or go into a little bit differently. Uh, and with 3 billion under 30, I actually, bypassed the entire process that me and Stacy had undergone for 2 billion under 20. Uh, so I professionally self-published the book. Uh, and I didn't just self-publish the book like a lot of people do on Amazon with create space and whatnot. I actually went to the same printing companies that own the machines that print the hardcover books. 
I made a deal with them uh, and their clients are all the publishers. So the publishers don't actually own the, the machines that print the books. It's these third-party logistic printers. Uh, and so I just went to them, ordered 10,000 hardcovers, uh, had the hardcovers designed by a better designer than any publisher could offer me. I got the same editors that uh, worked on Tucker Max's stuff and James Altucher's stuff. Again, uh, an editor that I wouldn't have had if I went through the traditional publishing world because you know, you know, very few publishing houses could offer that sort of uh, quality of an editor to an author like myself. You know, maybe Tim Ferriss got that sort of editor with his publishing guild, but you know, I'm not getting that and, and you're not getting that. So um, yeah, yeah, I guess uh, I continue to experiment to this day. I mean, with, with 3 billion under 30, I experimented with everything from how we made the book to how we marketed the book to how we continue marketing the book and sort of even the next steps uh, after that with sort of an online community that we launched into beta and have sort of like taken down a little bit and are relaunching been testing different things with a hiring process for our community manager slot. Uh, and I, I constantly launch uh, new programs or new products and, and things like that, or even try new things with clients. But, you know, compared to when I first started, you know, I'm not building things for six months and then getting feedback. You know, I'm sort of looking for paid customers, looking for users, looking for traction at the beginning, really going into the marketplace, asking, what they want and seeing if I could build something for those people. Uh, and that's helping me get, you know, clearer and clearer about what I need to be building long-term, you know, for whom I'm building those things long-term. And uh, that's leading to, to more and more success. Right. And I, and it, it sounds like you've learned a lot through the journey, you know, the, the trial and error thing, you, you, you kind of got the, the lesson learned and, and you basically did it very differently this time. And, and hence the result, you know, this one blew up really fast for you, which is amazing and kudos to you. And out of those, you know, the, your entire journey, what would you say it's one of your worst entrepreneurial moments that you have to go through, um, you know, any type of uh, not, not just failure, but maybe, you know, one of those times that it fell so hard that you wanted to quit or, or give up on what you were doing? You know, fortunately, I'm, I'm not uh, or I'm in a position where I haven't had like any astronomical uh, failures. Um, but I also think this is a good moment to talk about something that most of your guests wouldn't talk about. I, I think the, the biggest challenge to all of us as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, as side hustlers, entrepreneurs even, uh, is sort of the, the constant uh, self-doubt and sort of uh, imposter syndrome and, and things that are ringing in our head. You know, I think that's more dangerous than any cataclysmic event because that you know you can build upon you could sort of take a few years off and start a new business like there's always a way back from some of some of those like seemingly big failures and you know, there's tried and true stories from tony robbins and richard branson and like all these people you know everyone looks up to about their failure moments and sure like i've had my own like failure moments and it wasn't fun to start my career off learning from a, a former white collar convict uh, either, but you know, I think the the more dangerous thing is is uh, not managing our state and allowing the self doubt to stop us from taking action, or it's the uh, letting imposter syndrome dictate whether or not we're going to take a chance and and experiment with our ideas. Uh, and so I think all of us have that, 
you know, no matter how much we meditate, no matter how much we exercise, no matter how healthy we eat or you know, how many of these uh, morning routine hacks we try, you know, those are all, I think, great coping mechanisms for what is inevitably sort of like a human condition to always look for danger and be, you know, sometimes negative and have self-doubt and have imposter syndrome because because I imagine that helped us in sort of prehistoric times and, you know, sort of times where we had to look out for predators, you know, coming after us and we couldn't act too grandiose or we would get caught by a lion or something. But in today's day and age, you know, if, if the hustle part, if the experimentation part is what's going to get us to a place where we're more and more successful and we're happier with our lifestyle and uh, are really finding what our passion is and, you know, who we can serve and help through our efforts, then allowing the, the sort of constant low drum uh, self-doubt or the anxiety or whatever you want to call it uh, to stop you from experiment, experimenting and stop you from hustling and stop you from doing things. I think that's sort of a constant danger that we all need to be aware of. Right. And, you know, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think one of the biggest, uh, you know, struggles that we go through is our mindset and trying to overcome those negative thoughts that we have. And, and it's like, you know, it's every day you, you can't, you can just say one day, you know, I'm going to make it. And then tomorrow you go back to what if I don't, what if I am not yeah. ready for this? So uh, yeah, you're, you're totally on point with that. Yeah. So th I think that's, that's the thing I'd, I'd sort of most watch out for and, and work on, you know, cause a lot of us have, endless amounts of things we can be grateful for. Um, there's, it's easier than ever to make yourself appear like you're successful, but you might not feel successful. And at the same time, you might be uh, the sort of definition of success that a peer of yours is looking for. And you might be able to, to guide them in a better direction, even if you don't think you're there yourself. You know, so yeah, I mean, working as much as possible and using, uh, some of those tools like meditation, like mindfulness, like healthy eating, like gratitude, uh, sort of counterbalance the, the inevitable self-doubt and imposter syndrome that we all face. Uh, those are some pretty important things to focus on, especially when you're, when you're most down or you're most, um, you know, I wouldn't say depressed, but you're, you're most uh, feeling those sort of emotions. Right, right. Yeah. And I appreciate sharing some of the tips and you know, everybody that is listening, those are really great ways to actually, you know, overcome those and try to control them as much as possible when, when, you know, times get rough, you know, entrepreneurship, sometimes we go through that roller coaster that we all know about. So, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. And I also want to ask you, um, you know, through the journey that you went through and, and everything that you've done, what do you think is your secret to your success that got you to where you are? Like, what is that one thing that you think, got you to you know being here with me today yeah it's all about your your connections it's all about the people you surround yourself with um you know if it weren't for that negative experience at the beginning of my career i wouldn't have become so uh concerned and and crazy to an extent about who i spend time with uh and so you know everyone in my life for the most part is is someone you know a person who's very positive who is you know, on the way to becoming or is a subject matter expert at the things they do for work or they do for fun. Um, I have a, a roster of, you know, mentors, people that are more experienced in, in what they do, 
uh, and can provide you know, feedback and guide me in the right direction. I have a lot of peer mentors, which a lot of us don't necessarily think about. Uh, and so I have you know, hundreds of, of peer mentors, like the people that I, I featured in my books, uh, and then just other people in their, in their 20s, their early 30s, sort of in a similar uh, point in life as I am, even if the age doesn't match up. Uh, and they can give me you know, advice and, and constant motivation and ideas and feedback. Uh, that's you know, invaluable. Uh, you know, I have peer mentor, or, uh, I have virtual mentors like a lot of us. And so what a virtual mentor is, is someone like a Tim Ferriss uh, who you listen to on a podcast or you read their books. Uh, and even if you can't access them, especially someone like Napoleon Hill, he's dead. So <laughs> we can't access him, but you know, he can still serve as a, a virtual mentor to us because we're getting 99.97% of what that person knows uh, through all the content they've shared online or in book form and things like that. So you know, I have a few virtual mentors as well. Uh, and all that you know, really gives me a great solid foundation to learn from and then also you know, build my career off of and things like that. He's sort of more experienced than me. He doesn't have to be older, but a lot of times they are uh, but people who are really in the positions in their careers that I want to be in, you know, the people I aspire to be like, uh, and they've given me a ton of time and, and energy and really shown me how to uh, progress in my career faster than I could alone. Uh, I have a ton of peer mentors, and I think those are sort of a type of person that people discount quite often. It's all the people in your industry or uh, people around you that are in similar uh, life trajectories, similar career aspirations and moments in their time. Maybe a, they're a step above you or a step below you, uh, but they can really give you a ton of feedback and keep you on the right track. And those are the people that you're talking to the most anyways. Uh, and so like all the people in 2 billion under 20 and 3 billion under 30 have become peer mentors for me in a way. Uh, and then I also uh, you know, keep in mind the term of, of having virtual mentors. And so these are some people that you listen to on a podcast or you read their books uh, but you might not have access to them. So this could be like a Tim Ferriss type person. Uh, who I, I still haven't met him, even though we have quite a few mutual friends. Um, but I've learned you know, 99.97% of whatever he could share with me in person just by reading his blog and listening to his podcast and reading his books. Uh, same with Napoleon Hill. Like I'll never be able to meet Napoleon Hill because he's dead. But uh, you know, I've learned a ton from, from his books. And so he's a, a virtual mentor in a way. And you know, both having this sort of network has really helped shape my career and also learning how to build that network uh, and sort of the meta skills of becoming a connector. Uh, those are really what I can define any past success to and definitely any future success to. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that. And I mean, you know, it looks like you've, you've come a long way. You've learned a lot through the journey. You definitely had the struggles and the, and the failures that got you to the success that you are now. And, you know, I'm excited to, to, you know, dig it a little bit, but I want to change gears from talking about your story to what I like skirt, to call skirt. the hustle. <laughs> Where we're going to throw in like a hip hop ad lib there. You know, like yeah. Skirt, skirt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So basically we're going to play this word game. I'm going to throw a word at you and okay. you gotta, you gotta say out loud what comes to mind in a single word. Got it. Okay. You ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Let's do it. Hustle. Hard. Like the hip hop song, like hustle, 
hustle, hustle, hard. <laughs> Anyways. Now the word work. Uh, work out. I've been doing a lot of running lately and training for a marathon as we record this. And uh, that's been keeping me on track with all of my other habits. So work out. Nice. Employee. Uh, I sort of want to say something like unique because there's so many different ways in 2017 going into 2018 in the future to have an employer-employee relationship. Uh, and so uh, you can have contractors, freelancers, you can, if you're a larger company, uh, create sort of an incubator or an accelerator and keep employee-like talent uh, in your organization, but let them be entrepreneurs and sort of fund their ideas instead of giving them a paycheck um, through their salary and having them as employees. So uh, the, the word employee and, and the different relationships that an employee can have with an employer, like that's changing and, and it's, it's unique more than it ever has been. Right. Right. Cool. All right. Boss. You weren't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> no. You're good. Boss. Uh, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's a boss. <laughs> she's, uh, she's one of the people featured in, in 3 billion under 30 and she's one of the youngest feature film producers in the country. So, nice. uh, you know, networking can also help you on your personal life. It doesn't yeah, just have to go. be a professional thing. So <laughs> there you go. Rules. What? <laughs> As in like what rules? You're right. There aren't many other than the legal ones, which, you know, I don't, I don't want to learn from more former white collar convicts. So <laughs> yeah, make sure all my mentors follow those rules. But for me, it's like, what, what is that? Yeah. College. Didn't go, which is two words, but, uh, you know, I never went to college. So cool. Fear. Uh, manageable. I think what we talked about earlier, you know, if you, uh, Fear is part of that equation of, of having self-doubt, of you know, potentially having anxiety about future mo movements, but it is all manageable. So uh, the more you can do to manage that constant state, I think uh, the more successful you'll be. And does it, you don't need a cataclysmic failure or event to conquer your fears. You know, it could be something that you, you practice just like uh, being healthy. Weakness. Also, also manageable, I would say, you know, okay. I would focus, focus on your strengths, really, really build upon those so that your weaknesses are manageable and don't tank you in your career. Now the word strengths. Capitalize. Definitely want to capitalize on your strengths. And uh, that is where you'll generate your most income and have the most fun. So for me, it's, it's being a, a connector of people and ideas. And that's really the skill set I, I own in, uh, 2 billion under 20 and 3 billion under 30 in my consulting business. Uh, the more I can connect people, the, the better everyone will benefit. Motivation. Constant. There's, there's a lot of motivation that I, uh, I think about constantly. You know, if I take a second to, to really uh, look at what can be motivating me, there's, there's always constant sources for motivation. So, uh, you could also awesome. use that word to, to show that there's uh, a need for constant motivation. You know, and so just like managing your, your self-doubt and your fear and anxiety like, and managing that, you need to have a constant set of motivation that you're looking to. Right. Awesome. And last but not least, books. 
author. <laughs> I'm an author of a couple of books and uh, we'll definitely be writing more in the future. So awesome. Uh, I, I like being an author. I think everyone should write a book at some point in their career. I think a lot of people in our industry write books prematurely, which I think we've actually had a discussion on in the past. Um, but I, I do think the, the pr practice of writing a book is very valuable. Everyone has a very unique story that they can and should be sharing with the world. Uh, I think you need to be strategic about when you write that book. Awesome. Have the most benefit and, and you know, things like that. Right, right. Cool. All right. Well, you did great with the hustle round. Um, Thank you. You know, I, I just want to, you know, take a second here to um, see if there's any uh, hustling quote or type of word of advice that you will give to our listeners right now. Uh, maybe they're on the fence on quitting their job and go entrepreneurship full time, or maybe they already started the business, but they're not at the point where they want to be yet. What would you say to them to inspire them to keep pushing and to keep hustling towards their dreams and their goals? So you want, you want to, you want quotes or you want sort of uh, a closing whatever, word? Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Whatever you got, whatever you feel more. Um, so I'll give you two quotes. Uh, and this comes from, I would say my first non-family mentor. So before I had a uh, business mentor, I had a basketball coach uh, who I, I viewed as a mentor and he would always bring different quotes to practice. <laughs> and he'd like, he'd print out the, the workout sheet and like have a quote on it. Uh, he comes from the uh, University of Kansas coaching background. So he's like been with Bill Self and he, he's uh, coaches now as, as an assistant at Wake Forest. So uh, he's, he's been around the block, but anyways, he gave me, uh, you know, endless amounts of quotes, that constant motivation that we were talking about. Uh, but two have stuck out with me and have, I've, I've kept with me. So one is uh, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And that's from Steve Prefontaine, one of the, the greatest runners of all time, uh, coincidentally. And then the second quote is hard work beats natural talent when natural talent doesn't work hard. And so I think those two can sum up uh, any closing thoughts I would have for, for someone listening. You know, if you're in that aspirational state, if you, you haven't necessarily made it yet or achieved some sort of success, uh, then give it your all, you know, uh, use some of the practical things we were talking about earlier, like, you know, do more experimentation and less building before you share your ideas with the world. Um, and that'll get you closer and closer to a, a positive result. Um, but you need to give your absolute all to whatever dream vision passion that you have because if you don't not only are you not going to create the lifestyle that you want and hit your goals uh, but you're going to miss out on giving your gift and, and giving your impact to other people who could benefit from it be it customers be it family members who look to you as inspiration uh, be it friends that you know sort of see your facebook posts and your linkedin posts and don't ever tell you that you motivated them uh, but then you know they they've actually used what you said and went to make a positive uh, difference in their life Uh, and I get those stories occasionally with my friend group and they're always really heartwarming to know that like, I didn't, you know, that, that like throwaway comments on Facebook actually had a huge impact. So, um, that's, you know, one thing I would say. And then as far as the, the hard work part, you know, if you have achieved some sort of success, uh, you want to make sure that you continue working hard and, uh, continue putting into your practice and your effort, what you did to get yourself to that point. Because otherwise, you're not going to be able to sustain whatever greatness or whatever you know, level of success you've had. 
Awesome, man. I appreciate the words and hopefully we are able to provide some inspiration to everybody that is listening right now. And, you know, we inspire them to, to go for it, you know, you know, put everything, work hard, hustle hard and, and don't stop. So I really want to thank you, Jared, for, for joining us today on the Hustle Show. Um, I also want to give you the opportunity for people to connect with you, follow you around and, and see what you're up to. How can they, how can they find more about, um, about you, about your books and about everything that you're doing? Sure. Thanks. Uh, thanks for asking. And, and thanks for having me on the show today. You know, one, one of my uh, gripes about podcasts and interviews and shows like this is that uh, listeners don't actually follow up with people. So I'm going to give everyone sort of a, a connector challenge. Uh, and if you, so if you join my email list, which you just have to go to jaredkleinert.com, uh, you follow my Facebook messenger bot, which is m.me slash jaredkleinert. And if you text me, which is uh, 646-846-7200, that's my actual number. If you do all three of those things, I will give you a free copy of my book, 3 Billion Under 30. Um, and so if you want to learn more about 3 Billion Under 30 before you take my uh, connector challenge, you can go to 3billionunder30.com. Uh, it's the number three, the word billion, the word under, the number 30.com. Uh, and if you... You know, take the connector challenge, you, you check out the book and you want to learn how I've built uh, this sort of world-class network and record time for myself. Uh, that is a new sort of coaching consulting service that I'm experimenting with is actually helping people uh, do that for themselves and, and benefit in their business or benefit in their life. So if you're interested in that, you know, connect with me through email, through text, through Facebook messenger bot, uh, and let me know that you're interested in that service and, and i'll gladly share more information about that you know it's still experimental so i won't share too much but uh you know if you're if you're curious about getting sort of direct help from me as far as building your network in record time uh then get in touch and let me know so free book is on the line you know multiple ways to connect uh please please get in touch and let me know how i can help awesome and, and i'll make sure that all these links and, you know, the chatbot and, and the, the book and everything is linked on our website at thehustleshow.co slash THS40. And that way you are a click away from connecting with Jared. So again, Jared. Am I your first, uh, am I your first guest to share a messenger bot link? Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are for sure. <laughs> and probably the cell phone number too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll try it out too. I'll, I'll go and check it out uh, right after we're done with the call. But, cool. you know, I really appreciate you being here, being honest and transparent with us today. Um, I, I, I know you, you've done great things out there, but I also know that you're about to explode and make even bigger things out there. So I really appreciate you and hopefully we stay connected, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me again. And, and thanks to everyone who is still with us uh, till the end. I hope to hear from you soon. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.